This is episode 12 of the Kindred Mom podcast. I am your host, Emily Sue Allen. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm looking forward to sharing the conversation I had with my sweet friend, Lynn Patty, about her essay that ran on Kindred Mom titled, Acquire Calling. Lynn and I talk about the importance of being able to step away from our homes from time to time just to be refreshed in one way or another. I hope you'll take away some good things from this conversation. This show is supported by One Day's Wages, a grassroots movement of people, stories, and actions intended to alleviate extreme global poverty. This organization is captivated by the idea that everyday people have the power to change the world. By raising awareness and inspiring people to give simply, One Day's Wages has supplied nearly 3,000 mothers with better maternal health care. 2,500 children with access to pediatric care, and they are working worldwide to empower under-resourced families and communities. You can join their movement by making a donation or starting your own fundraiser to help fight poverty. Learn more at onedayswages.org. All right, Lynn, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's really nice to have you here. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And um, we've had you on uh, one time before. You were talking about uh, some of the other essays that you've written on screen time and uh, flourishing in motherhood and being able to battle your inner critic. And today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the essay that you wrote on one of your hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, before we do that, I want to tell everyone who might not know anything about you just a little bit about you and your family and where you live. So I have been married for almost 13 years um, to Mike, and we met each other at college at Hofstra University, mm-hmm. and we were friends for two years, and then we dated for two years, and then we dated for two years more, and then we got married. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I feel like I've kind of grown up with him in some ways, and that's pretty cool. But um, yeah. we have four children. We have a nine-year-old daughter named Emma. My six-year-old son, Noah, five-year-old son, Luke, and an almost nine-month-old little girl, Ellie. Oh, and they're so wonderful. <laughs> yes, they, they, they are. I think so. But we live in Los Angeles. Yes, that's actually where we met each other uh, for people who are tracking any part of our connection relationship. Lynn and I uh, were friends uh, when she had just two children and I had three at the time. And um, we have been really good friends across the distance, the miles for years and years now, which is really awesome. Yes. And I love going up to visit Emily and get my dose of the Pacific Northwest. Yes. It's so great to have you when you come. Um, So I want to talk about this essay uh, that you wrote on your hobby of singing in a choir. Um, And I love this piece that you wrote, um, partly because I am also uh, a singer and I haven't done a lot of it since I've been a mom. But just reading what you wrote about the time that you spend there with your group that you sing 
dealing with. Uh, I just felt like I am breathing in the music and just loving uh, the imagery that you brought in about the space where you guys sing and the the people that you sing with. And um, it just made me want to talk about on this episode um, a little bit about... um, kind of the challenges of motherhood and knowing that they're constant and many and then finding small ways to get away and just be refreshed in some small way. And so I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how you got connected with this opportunity to sing with the choir and kind of what happens for you uh, in that little part of your week where you do something that's different than the rest of the week. So when I only had one child... Um, I actually taught piano lessons and I had to leave two to three times a week in the afternoons to go do that. I went to the students' houses and it was fine. I didn't love it. I hated pumping and all this stuff, but, um, but it was really a necessity at that time for our family. And, um, and so I think that's when the idea of like me time or whatever you want to call it, I kind of say that sarcastically, I shouldn't, but where, where I kind of realized, oh, wow, when I leave without my infant daughter, I am a, a, you know, a professional and I need to act like a professional and I can't, you know, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so I, I did piano lessons for a while and, and then it always seems like when our babies are maybe 10 or 11 months old, I kind of wake up again. Like I come out of like the intense fog, you know, maybe six months it starts, but like by 10 months, they're really able to like be without me for a while. And, um, although I do think that me time, you know, for moms can be twisted and it can be kind of not great. I do think that, it is important for moms to have connection to things that are not mothering, um, to remember who they were. So who they were before they became a mom. So with the choir, I, um, I actually haven't sung in a choir in a long time. And a friend of mine, uh, posted on Facebook, you know, he, I think he said the choir I'm singing with is looking for tenors or something like that. And I was like, well, I'm not a tenor, but like a couple months later, I just said, Hey, is that still like a thing? Do you still sing with that choir? Cause I would love to sing, but I'm a soprano, you know? And, um, it just kind of went from there. I, I went and did a rehearsal with them and, you know, did an audition kind of thing. And, um, and I just kind of jumped in both feet and it was great. And, um, I just, I didn't realize how much I had missed it. Yeah. It's like something when you have a a little creative outlet, whatever it might be, whether it's singing with a choir or um, I feel like there's a a number of moms that I know that just do different creative things, even at home or Mm -hmm. with a group of friends or um, maybe they you know, go and go out on the town every so often with mm-hmm. people. It just gives you a different perspective, a different, yes. um, putting yourself in a di- different atmosphere than the spit up and the yeah. cr- crumbs everywhere <laughs> and the <laughs> clutter. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, um, I think that, you know, refreshed perspective really helps us come back to our motherhood tasks with a different attitude or mm-hmm. a different, um, 
I don't know. I feel like it energizes me when I have a little bit of time to just do something that I just enjoy doing. I just enjoy it, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. So, well, it's interesting for me because when I, sometimes when I leave the kids and I go to do like one of those things that you're supposed to do when your mom, like get a pedicure, get a massage, something like that. Cause I've done that. Mm -hmm. And, um, or like even like there was one time I got a babysitter and, uh, I went, I parked in front of the pedicure place and actually Mm -hmm. just took a nap in my van. (laughs) I was like, I am paying a babysitter to sleep right now. And I was like, it's okay. Anyway, um, sometimes when I do things like that, I come home and I actually don't feel as refreshed because I'm like, Oh, I have to plug back into this now. And, and, but the things where I either leave and I'm creative or, it could be just creativity within my own home. Those things like turn on a, a light switch for me. And I really do feel like, Oh, I just did that. And now I can get to go home and, you know, hug my kids and be with them because I'm so energized by it. And that's more, you know, where the choir thing lands. I mean, pedicures are great. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's something when we do something productive (laughs) that like we feel satisfied or proud of whatever productive thing that we've been able to do. I find that very energizing as well. Uh And, um, you know, for me, that kind of time usually comes more in, um, like I have another friend, uh, another one of our kindred mom team, uh, gal, Sarah, she and I have been leading a, a group together for the past, probably four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of gone through different seasons of what it looks like, but it started with, uh, doing like a Pinterest party once a month where everybody would just bring whatever creative projects they were doing. And we just work on it together and mm-hmm. chat while we were, you know, painting or, you know, some people would sew or any other, you know, crafty, makeable thing that they were doing. And it was just such a wonderful thing. And we've gone on to now do um, kind of like book club uh, mm-hmm. groups and just some other things that aren't quite as much the um, the creation making. Right. Um, but I find that that is just such an energizing time to be with other people. It's very satisfying to be able to come home and be like, I have a totally new outlook <laughs> on life. Yeah. Um, just yeah. because you've had, you know, a small break from the walls of your home and the challenges therein. Yeah. It speaks to, to the, to the relational aspect too, because you know, inside the walls of way home, as you say, Mm -hmm. there's a limited amount of relationships and it's just me and these kids and Mike and blah, you know, whatever. And that's great. Um, but like when you do something like what you just were talking about or the choir thing, like, um, that I do, there's a whole set of new relationships as well. You know, meeting new people, hearing other stories. Um, and like, honestly, what I was struggling with, um, postpartum depression with one of the kids, I think with Emma, that, you know, getting out and hearing other people's stories, that was one of, that was a lifeline for me because, uh, you know, I wasn't sitting there crunching on my own stuff for a minute. I just got to kind of get out of that. So I think it's just so, so good. Yeah. For moms. It is so good. Um, yeah. And I just feel like one thing that we have discussed at other times in our friendship is just how, um, they're like, things that we do as moms are always on our mind. So even if you get away to do something Mm -hmm. else, that there is 
really this sense that you're not necessarily like setting down motherhood <laughs> for a break from it because those there's still a lot of things on your mind like while you're out your children are at home and you're thinking about did they get to bed are they you know or is the cough that I heard this afternoon going to escalate into yes. like some full-blown illness by tomorrow or um, that kind of thing. And I think that it's just, um, it's just real that there's no way to ever like completely escape, you know, the, the things that are on our minds as moms, but um, that there is a way to find small spaces and ways to um, just find a, a rest from them for a short time. Yeah, I think I mentioned it in the article or in the essay, rather, um, completing a thought or, mm-hmm. or doing something without interruption. So yeah. like I might be worried about uh, like a food aversion that my six year old has, for example, like I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta figure that out. But in the heat of the day, I can't do that. I don't have the space yeah. in my mind. But when I leave and go to choir, even the drive to choir or whatever, (laughs) or whatever it's going to be, I can actually just be like, you know what, let me just take a few minutes and think about that because like I need to, do I need to have an action point on it? Does he need to see a doctor? You know, I can actually think about it and that is helpful as well. So those, those, those motherhood things that you're always chewing on, you can actually like do something about it, which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. One of the things from this essay that I really appreciated is that it um, had just such a peaceful, like when you land at the end of it, I just wanted to exhale because I just felt the peace of, um, you had a quote from Julian of Norwich that said, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And I think that while we're journeying through motherhood, it can be so easy to be caught up in everything that we need to be aware of and be doing and be afraid of and be like, it's just that there is no, um, there's no end to that until you put yourself in a space or, um, intentionally find a way to be reminded that, you know, there is peace to be found in this journey. And it doesn't mean that we will have it at all times because definitely I don't, I don't know about you, but um, I just really love that sense of peace that you communicated through your words in that essay. And um, I don't know if there's any other things that you do um, to find peace when you don't feel it. Well, I, you know, one thing I was thinking about is, you know, the young mom who, because I was her one time, I, you know, who just can't even, I can't leave my baby. I can't give her a bottle or I, or she won't take a bottle or, you know, I, I, I'm not, I can't ever leave. Uh, I had that with one of my kids cause he wouldn't take a bottle. He wouldn't eat solids. It was, it was hard. And I did feel really trapped. Um, and I just wanted to speak to that a bit because when we step out of the home as you know, caregivers, whatever stay at home moms, there is a, it is hard. You know, it, you, you have to be willing to kind of go there. And it's almost like you have to keep your eye on the prize. Um, and you know what, I think there were seasons in my life, uh, as uh, my season, I think there were times in my life as a mother where it wasn't, um, the, the goal prize wasn't, good enough for me to do that. 
And I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in. Um, and it may have been conscious or subconscious. I don't know. But I just know that, you know, as the older, as my older kids have gotten older, it's been, uh, it's still hard <laughs> to do yes. it, but it's just gotten easier and the prize is worth it to me. It's that loss aversion thing. I'm willing to do the work that it takes. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding peace, I think, you know, there's some super kind of practical things. I, uh, you know, drop things down on a piece of paper. When I feel my head spinning, um, I, I have to get it down on paper. Yeah. I use the notes app on my phone and I'll just kind of like brain dump, you know, whatever it is that's frustrating me. I also think that it's, it's good to look at why are you spinning? You know, um, I actually just at dinner time tonight was talking to my husband about this, where he said something like, we don't always have to be doing something. And Mm -hmm. he said that because we've had a season the past maybe month or so where it's been a little bit calm. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. Yeah. You haven't been traveling. You haven't signed up for a hundred different things. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, and the, the, we, we have, you know, we don't have a newborn right now. And like, so, and, and that's okay. It's like, wow, it's nice. So I think, you know, to the mom whose head is spinning, also just think about why is it spinning? Because that's really important. I mean, that's because spinning takes energy and energy is draining. And then your kids aren't benefiting from that. You know, I mean, it can go, I could go on and on. Yeah. I feel like simplifying things is sometimes like the quickest way (laughs) to um, like stop cycles that are not working well within our family, at least. And I mean, I've been, you know, that I've been on a journey myself for a really long time now, I'd say eight years um, of just really craving simplicity and trying to figure out in every different area of my life, how can I make this Mm -hmm. easier and less of an issue down to like just having less stuff to making a plan for things that are going to come back around again and again like you know dinner (laughs) and just like (laughs) making a plan for that because it's going to come and I know it so um you know not that I mean and not everyone is able to meal plan and wrap their mind around what that would look like but um in every different season I feel like I'm always looking for if I'm starting to feel overwhelmed what can I simplify and um that really helps in knowing that you know the way things are going right now is not how they have to keep going if I make a different choice on something. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just continuing with that besides a brain dump, writing it down, whatever I do find that, um, talking with my husband about whatever it is that like, I'm like, Oh, and we have this and this and this and this or whatever. And there have been times I'm not even joking with you where I'll say, Mike, I have to talk to you. I have like 10 things to say to you or whatever. Okay. So we like get the kids in front of the TV or we whatever, get them to bed and okay. Okay. Let's sit down. Let's talk about these crazy big things that you have to talk to me. And I'm like, uh, I think it was just one thing, you know, <laughs> you can't remember any of them. Yeah. Either I can't remember, or it was really just one thing, but it like took up so much space in my brain, you know? Yeah. So I, all that to say, like, just, you know, using your husband or a friend or like, sometimes you just really do need to Bounce it off somebody. Yeah. Yes, Process exactly. Like, what am I even thinking? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, 
I did want to say one, one more thing is, you know, we, we do homeschool and once a year I take a, a, a retreat to the homeschool convention. So, um, this year I'll go with our baby cause she'll still be nursing, but most years I've been going without a baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's a big one for me because a school takes up a big part of um, my time as a mom. And so I feel like putting two days, I, I usually go away for one night and two days, you know, the two days on either side. And it's very helpful. Very, very helpful. Yeah. I think it's, I've, I've known several people who do different things to help um, just carve out time to get perspective and get away to either, um, like you're saying, you do that for homeschool and planning out, uh, what your curriculum is going to be and what your year is going to look like and what your children's individual needs or challenges are. And I feel like that's a really great thing to do, um, in other times of life as well. Like I know I do mine at my house, so I'm not necessarily getting away, but I do try to spend a little time every weekend that I am sketching out our week and everything that we need to either be at. I plan my meals around whether we're going to be home that day or not, or, um, you know, and I just kind of get a sense of vision for what's ahead a little bit. Um, so that instead of life, like, coming at me and I'm like trying to dodge all the stuff (laughs) I can be like I see that's coming up so I'm going to you know put myself in a position where maybe we can handle that well (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, I think that there are lots of different ways that can look for different moms but um, I just really love that advice to find a way to get away for perspective whether that's a retreat um, you know to plan for a school year or it's a a couple hours at a coffee shop to Mm -hmm. um, just process through whatever you might be going through and, or meet a friend for coffee even, um, can be very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you sharing. Um, first of all, this essay is a must read for anybody who just wants to be, um, encouraged to find, a, a little space in the midst of life to enjoy something <laughs> that, um, <laughs> You know, getting a way to get a little perspective can be a really valuable thing for moms. And I really appreciate you sharing on this. Thanks so much, Lynn. Thanks. It was great. Thanks. Over time, I have come to value and appreciate the beauty and the mundane parts of my life as a mother. And I see how the constant challenges of raising children have grown and shaped my character as a person. I'm grateful for those things. But I also think that mothers who are on duty at all times without any reprieve or any way to take delight in something just for the joy of it, can easily lose heart, get bogged down with the daily things, and end up having nothing left to give. I know when I get to that point, I get irritable, and my kids, even if they're trying to be good, experience my frustration and anger more readily than they do my joy and delight in them. That's not the pattern I want to have in my home. I don't think these hobbies or times away that Lynn and I discussed are really about escaping our homes or escaping the worthwhile things that we're doing in our homes, but they are about recognizing our limits, limits that are there for good reason, to help us remember that we can't draw water up from an empty well. There are times that our wells need to be filled so that we are able to continue investing in our families. Lynn and I touched briefly on looking for ways to simplify things and have vision for what is just ahead for our families so we can prepare for those things. I have grown to love the concept of simplicity and figuring out new ideas to incorporate into my family life. Many people ask me often how I manage all the things on my plate with six kids, homeschool, and various creative things I do. 
I honestly hunt for ways to smooth out systems and processes in our home that will make our schedule serve us. This is one reason I homeschool, of many reasons, of course. I like being able to simplify our weekly routines whenever needed, if a child is sick or if we want to leave town. On the flip side, I'd like my children to continue schooling through the summer, even if it's at a gentler pace, just to keep a rhythm that everyone can count on from week to week. I have simplified our shopping and meal planning. I simplify our weekly commitments to just the things that are very essential. All of my kids have the same bedtime. The older ones will read or listen to an audiobook until they fall asleep because I need to be able to be off duty for just a little bit of time before I go to sleep myself. Whenever things come up that I realize just aren't working for our family, which does happen kind of often, I try to figure out another way to tackle it. This is most evident when I'm trying to figure out how to motivate my kids to help around the house, which they do fairly well, but I do have to provide constant leadership, encouragement, and motivation for that to happen. When one method stops working, I have to be ready to switch to something new. That might be a whole episode in of itself to talk about strategies for motivating kids, but that will have to wait for another day. I do hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Lynn. Before I wrap up this episode, I wanted to be sure to remind you about the summer connection groups we're encouraging mamas to host this summer. Connecting with other women who are going through a similar stage of life as you can be a beautiful and life-giving thing. It doesn't have to be complicated. You can honestly just set up some dates and times to be at a park and invite some friends along, or you can have an evening to get together with some friends over dessert. I am myself doing all of the above things. I have park and zoo days on my calendar and a few summer soiree events with friends. It's gonna be a great summer. We'd love to hear about whatever you do to connect with other moms. If you'll find us on Instagram and share your photos of the fun and use the hashtag kindredmom, that would be amazing. Also, if you don't mind leaving a review for this podcast on iTunes, we'd so appreciate it. In closing, I would like to share a blessing by Marissa Henley, author of the book, Loving Your Friend Through Cancer. She writes, Mamas, when we feel swallowed up by the demands of motherhood, may we have the wisdom to pursue a project, passion, or purpose that fills us with joy and delight. May we value ourselves enough to step away for a time and enjoy activities which revitalize our hearts and value our mothering enough to give our best to our families when we return to them.